Welcome to Your Mental Breakdown, the podcast where you get to follow along with the client in real therapy sessions. You get two licensed psychotherapists, that would be us, breaking it down afterwards. This week, Meredith and I are coping with quarantine by testing our geography skills, or lack thereof, with a U.S. map quiz. And in this session, Drew and Doug explore trust issues that have come up in work relationships and his personal relationships. In the breakdown, we look at ways to have a conversation with people rather than leaving something important unsaid. And we talk about being your own person in a relationship. Stick around. Toodaloo. I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is your mental breakdown, the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Hello there. Hello, Dougie. How are you doing? Well, it's weird where I am. I'm in this thing called a quarantine and this weird disease is floating around and I don't know. We're just like all locked in our houses. What's it like where you are? Similar? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, we've been like out going to the beach and hanging out. Uh, I was at this rock show the other day <laughs> and, um, it was cool, but they ran out of, uh, towels in the bathroom. So people were just drying their hands on their shirts and stuff, but it was cool. We were like high-fiving afterwards. Like, <laughs> yeah, rock and roll. It was great. You know, that's just what's going on over here, but you know, yeah. I live in a different part than you do. A <laughs> like, different universe. <laughs> yeah, right. I live in the alternate multiverse where this never happened. I know. It's crazy, man. Still okay, though. Still good. It's lovely out. It is really nice out. I'm glad they opened the trails. It's nice to see so many people hitting the trails, but at the same time, they're really crowded some days. Like, oh, man, I, I, liked, I liked it when it was just me and my dog and a couple of friends. And I know. It's it's gnarly. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely on the fence about that. I'm glad everyone's getting out getting exercise and whatnot. And also, it's people are from what I've seen are not being very aware. Right. So that frightens me and I choose to not go for that reason. I'll just walk yeah. around neighborhoods instead of go up the trails for now until things calm down. Yeah. Especially some trails, you almost feel trapped up there. Yeah. hundred percent. And certainly the ones where it's a little narrow and then you have to like find a little space to go yep. off trail and let each other pass and it's cool because you see most people with pretty good etiquette where they'll have a mask and then when they see somebody approach, they'll put the mask on Yeah. so that they can pass people safely. And others just don't care at all. They're like, <laughs> you know, jogging by with full sweat and like throwing their droplets all over the place. Like, okay. Just don't give a fuck. No, not That's at all. It's quite interesting. Well, instead of hitting the trails, you know what I did the other day? hit the sauce. <laughs> well, that's every day. Right. <laughs> One of my clients was telling me about how she and her mom were filling in the States and in the United States, filling in a map and, um, <laughs> nice enunciation, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> she, she was like, man, I only got 45. I was like 40 fucking five. Are you kidding? I was like, wow. Oh my God. And caveat here. Geography has really never been my thing. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> it is really, really not my thing now. So right. I decided to print out a map and try to do it myself. And I got about six. So six, not even because wow. 
you know, of course I got Florida, Texas, and California because those all have weird shapes. <laughs> and then well, and Hawaii and Alaska. You would think, but because of the map I did it on, <laughs> on the map I did it on, it was like all smushed together. So it looked weird. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm guessing they didn't have no Puerto Rico, right? It was the the 50, 50 oh, US states. I hope so. Right? That would be crazy. Yeah. yeah. And then there was New York, which obviously I know New York, but all those little states up in the right corner get me confused. So those are all a write-off. The whole right side is a wash. <laughs> Just so you know, except for Florida. And, well, um, it also sounds like the whole middle was a wash for well, you. Well, that too. It's all a wash. It's all a fucking wash. And I felt a lot of shame. And Aww. so I printed out a bunch of blank ones and then ones with the names filled in. So I've been working on it. Wow. Actually, I haven't been working on it. That's a lie. <laughs> but I'm going to start working on it. And then, of course, so I tell Doug about this. Yeah. And he jumps on the bandwagon and makes me sit there while he does his. That's right. I just did mine. I just took the test. I'll tell you how I did in a second, but I will preface it by saying I also suck at geography. I remember pretty distinctly being in seventh grade. You were in my class for this, Christine Madsen's seventh grade class. Oh, yeah. Yep where we were doing geography and we were doing the US and man, I just sucked. It was the first time academically I didn't just ace something, which is crazy because it's it's shapes, it's memorization, it's kind of cool. I used to have the jigsaw puzzle of putting the states together and doing the jigsaw puzzle was fun. It was awesome. I love that. In my young adult days, when I tried to get better at geography, I got a, a shower curtain that was the map of the world. So I oh, could study where countries were, right? And then, you know, somewhere in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, countries started changing their names. And I don't remember exactly, but like Russia wasn't Russia and Yugoslavia wasn't Yugoslavia and Croatia and Serbia. Like, I, I didn't know if they always were there or not, but I just, <laughs> I have no idea. I, I went and visited uh, a friend of mine in the Middle East uh, many years ago. And we took a little flight over to Egypt to see oh, the pyramids fun. and kind of do some of the fun stuff. And um, I was like, yeah, I was in the Middle East. I was in Egypt. And somebody said to me, oh, so you have been to Africa? I'm like, no, 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 I wasn't in Africa. I was in Egypt. They're like looking at me like, you realize Egypt is in Africa, right? I'm like, oh, is it? <laughs> no clue. Even I knew that. See, there you go. And so the... <laughs> All that is the lead up to, I got really excited because I love taking tests and standardized tests and, and filling out like a map of the US. And I did it just in a couple of minutes while you were waiting for me so we can talk about, <laughs> talk it. about it while we were recording. And that that upper right that you're talking about, the east the east side, the northeast, I got, I got nine of those. It's impressive. Um, did not do great. Overall in the whole US, I only got 31. That's more than half. I thought I would get stumped and not know beyond 20. That's more than six. <laughs> it's definitely more than six. <laughs> so if you guys have any suggestions on how, I know that there's a song that people learned when they were little about the, all the states in alphabetical order or something. That oh, like still wouldn't presidents? necessarily help me. Yeah. With yeah. Uh, where they are, but you know. Any thoughts? Let us know, please. We would love to hear your feedback on how stupid we are. <laughs>
<laughs> just kidding. We're not stupid. In relation to the U.S. geography. No, right? we're just, we're just, uh, we just are focused on other things, you know? That's right. Well, Einstein, this was attributed to him. I don't know if he said it, but someone once asked him why he didn't memorize the periodic table of the elements. And he said, why would I put anything in my brain that I could have on a piece of paper? Oh, yeah. There you go. See, that's why I write everything down. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. It makes so much sense now. Speaking of making sense, (laughs) I want to help people make sense of this session because the session you guys are going to hear today is shorter than most. And the reason for that is Drew and I were talking about things that were very identifiable to his job or, or to his family directly. So we cut a lot of it out. You'll hear some of it, like he starts in the beginning talking about playing chess with his dad, but as he walked down memory lane, started telling family stories, we took a lot of that out. And he did get into some details about his old boss and his new boss, and the details really had to come out. So you'll, I don't even know that you'll notice where you'll hear things got taken out. We just took out those chunks. So just know that there were a lot of details that came up about some family memory stuff and old boss and new boss sentiments of, you know, his issues in trust, his issues of betrayal from the bosses, working with friends and some of the things that just have him, him having a hard time. What we really focused on and what you'll hear in the session is how to have a conversation that's difficult with like one of these bosses or a family member or girlfriend and not leave the elephant in the room, you know, and and it was, how do you address it and talk about the issue, you know, as opposed to letting all these things build up. So you don't really hear the buildup of these things, but you hear us addressing, talking about the elephant in the room before it takes a giant crap on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be back. I was in like eighth or ninth grade and there was this crazy snowstorm and we were out of power for like three weeks. Are you serious? Yeah. Like it, it was insane. Wow. Yeah. And it was during like Christmas break. And so, oh, no. yeah, exactly. And so I missed a week of school and it had two weeks of break and the entire time we didn't have power. And like, that was, that was crazy. And, and like, it's funny cause like that's a fun memory. You know, as shitty as it was going through it, because you couldn't do anything. There was no TV, and being a kid watching TV all the time, that was my life. I was like, well, shit, what do I do now? What did you do? I don't really remember. I think there was a lot of card games. I mean, my dad played chess together. Like, that was, like, our thing. Really? And so there was a lot of chess going on. And and so, like, growing up, it was always my goal just to beat him one time, because, I mean, he he's good. Like, sure. He is. And we were fly- we were flying to Canada, plane on the plane, only a little magnetic one. Yep. And I finally beat him. And, and from that day on, we never played again. <laughs> yeah, but you can retire. Yeah, I was like, I'm good. That's it. Nice. Yeah, so I, I miss that. I miss playing chess. Yeah, and so I my last day is next Wednesday. And so I'm kind of gearing up for like, what do I do kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have been like, well, you're going to go home. And, like, it's been, like, a weird thought because I was, like, yeah, I mean, like, I, I probably should, but I don't really want to. You know, like, I don't, I don't, there's nothing there for me right now. And that's a, that's the first time in my life I've ever said that and meant it. With my mom wanting to see me and, and all that more obligation factor in there, sure. it, that's almost making it more so, like, nah, I don't, I don't really go there. 
which I think I'm okay with, you know, because I, I, I think uh, being able to kind of compartmentalize. Yes, thank there you. you. I guess what I'm trying to say is like once I can kind of like break everything down and figure out what fits where and then kind of build a structure around it is yeah. where I feel more secure in my decisions. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of, I just have everything going on right now, but I think I got nothing going on, which is a weird place to be. Cause I, I haven't had like a situation where I I haven't had to do anything in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And so it's freeing, but it's also like, well, now I'm just gonna go home and sleep. You know, cause that's, that's where I route to. That make you a little anxious, a little, yeah. 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 That's, especially cause you came from that 24 seven, like always on, always doing. I'm a human doing, not a human being. I'm yeah, yeah. in action, right? Yeah. To, it's almost the calm before the storm, mm-hmm. right? I know I'm going to ramp up when I start doing the new thing. Right. And when I start working on my thing. Like, th- there's going to be a big ramp up there. Yeah. But right now, it's quiet. Mm-hmm. And it's grinding to a halt where I was. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite at the new place yet. And I'm really antsy. I want to, want to do something. I want to sink into something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do. I do want to sink into something. But I think, like, knowing myself, I do need a break. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that, I mean, even telling people what I'm doing is I'm taking a break. And I think I've said that so many times that now it's like, yo, I need a break. Right. And if you don't really get a break before you turn around and start the new thing, you, you really got to take a break. Yeah. You're not going to be given a break. It's like we say, you're not given vacation. You have to take a vacation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. My old boss, worst person I've ever met in my entire life. Like just absolute worst person I've ever met in my entire life. Wow. I think with my trust issues, they definitely got like amplified with him in the work environment mm-hmm. because he brought me in as like, I'm going to be your mentor and I'm going to teach you like the ropes and, and walk you through everything. Like I got your back type situation. And then a quick 180 and just kind of fucked me over in a bigger way than it's a really small, big way. Now we have the relationship where me and my brother have where like he's there, but I won't talk to him. And so it's funny kind of seeing that correlation because like the we'll be in like three people and I'll talk to this person, but not him. I don't even acknowledge that he's there. Purposefully. Subconsciously purposely, yes. What does that mean to you? I don't think I should treat any way anyone that way. Like just no matter what they've done or who they are, you know, I think everybody deserves grace and, and forgiveness to a certain extent. I think it's more of a protective mechanism Absolutely. of not wanting to do it again. What again? Uh, not getting hurt again. There you go. Because like he definitely hurt me in a bigger way, especially being new to the city and like everything that kind of went with that. And I, I learned a lot from the guy. Like he he's he's smart enough in his own way, but it, it just that really mentally fucked me because I was like, I can't trust anybody here. I don't want to meet anybody. I don't want. I don't trust anything anybody's saying. Like I really distance myself. And so all that being said is like I'm gonna be the guy that's making the money for the company. So it's all on my shoulders, which is stressful, but exciting. And I like that you're holding both of those. Yeah. Stressful and exciting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's pressure and I'm eager mm-hmm. and I'll learn a lot from my own thing. If it doesn't work out and you can't pay you, you know you have safety net with your mm-hmm. parents. Mm-hmm. It's not what you want. Right. But you've got that. And it's there. And, and I think that's a blessing that a lot of people don't have. Yeah. Of like, I have the opportunity that a lot, like majority of people don't. And so it's a good time in my life to not risk at all. Cause like, I'm not risking that much, but I, I'm risking a lot of what I have. Well, it's taking a risk. Yeah. For sure. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we do that in a lot of different areas, right? We're mm-hmm. talking about doing that in your career, right? right? You're taking a risk and it's a calculated risk. Mm-hmm. I've got a safety net and I've got a plan beyond this. Right. So my eggs aren't all in this basket. We take risks a lot of other places too. Mm-hmm. And it's what you said from day one about that vulnerability that means a lot to you. The main thing is I know I'm being how I want to be and authentic for me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's also a risk. Right? Vulnerability is a risk. Right. I just don't want my my past not mistakes, but actions to kind of like come now and bite me in the ass when it has nothing to do with what I'm doing. Yeah, and they, they might be holding something that you're no longer holding. Yeah. And it's when it's left unsaid, mm-hmm. that's when it can become, you know, an even bigger issue. It's that elephant in the room, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's that we all know it's there, but nobody's saying anything. Yeah. Once you say something, it eases the tension. Oh, here's this conflict and here's this issue. It's how do we talk about this conflict and this issue? Mm-hmm. And if we can talk about it, we know we're solved. Yeah. We can't talk about it. That's the elephant in the room. That's the thing that, that builds and builds. Yeah. And our minds will, you know, mm-hmm. make leaps and connections and stories and things and tell us things mm-hmm. without ever having talked to the actual person involved. Right. And I don't know why I just thought about this, but um, two things. I got two big things, actually. So mm-hmm. Sunday, her dad flew in and her dad doesn't know we're dating, which is mm-hmm. weird. Weird to me that her dad doesn't know, yeah. especially since we've been dating for a year now. And I, I've tried talking to her about it. So last night we were swimming and sitting on the porch. And so I was like, so did you, like, does your dad know about me yet? And I, I kind of said it jokingly and she just kind of looked at me and smiled. And I was like, still, like, come on, like, what do you mean? And I don't know. I, I don't, half of me doesn't give a shit. It's just like, I, I get. I'd say... It's less than half of you. Yeah. There's something, though, that... And I get the half that's okay with it. Yeah. Right? I still think it's less than half. Right? <laughs> 49. <laughs> sure. It's 49 right now. Um, it's similar to when you guys were working together and people didn't know. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. But we might see a reason why you keep it, a reason why you don't tell people. There's... Something that's not just about telling dad or not telling dad, telling work or not telling work. There's something about where I stand with you, where we stand. Yeah. That feels invalidating, right? And that's Absolutely. what we're talking about, about talking about the thing. You don't have to solve the issue, but the way we talk about it when, it, when it's here, when it's yeah. in front of us. Mm-hmm. You think of that. Yeah, no, I, I think you're exactly right. I'm really bad at having that conversation in the right way. You know, I, I guess my first thing would to question it. I would be like, why haven't you told him? And then because we talked about it, she'd be like, well, it's because of where we work and all this other shit and, and yada, yada, yada. I mean, I get that. Like, I do. Sure. You ask a logical question, here's a logical answer. Right. But that's about something external for you. Yes. Right? Yeah. And that's, you know, when I busted you a while ago, <laughs> who's that about? Yeah. You or her? Yeah. You know, you or him? You know, you're like, well, yeah, 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 right? yeah. That question. Why didn't you tell? Why didn't you tell your dad? Mm-hmm. Who's that question about? Yeah, it's me. Ultimately. Yeah, yeah. So, how would we say it again without accusing her of something? I think some something along the lines of it makes me feel invalidated. Mm-hmm. I think 
with that being said, it's like when I get when I get in that mode of talking that way, of being like honest and invalidated and yeah, it, she completely shuts down. You know, not because it's like I'm accusing her of anything. I think she feels guilty to a certain extent, which is tough because like then it just shuts down. There's, it doesn't go anywhere. And then that's when the unknown happens. And then and this is, you know, it's funny because we hit these points and we run from them because they get yeah. scary for a second. Mm-hmm. If we run to them, they're a lot less scary. In fact, sometimes everything that we actually wanted is right there. Mm-hmm. You know, and you said one of the key words to me that I hear that people always think is a negative, and it's not always a negative. You know, uh, she feels guilty. Okay, if we pause right there. Yeah. She feels guilty. Why? Because she acted outside of her integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said this to you before a while ago. I love sometimes, not all the time, yeah. when clients feel guilty about something because right. it helps provide a roadmap to where your integrity is. Yeah. So if she's feeling guilty about something, even if she shuts down or she's quiet, you can kind of put that out there. Like, what's going on? Like, you're shutting down. Are you feeling guilty about that? Or, mm-hmm. she, yeah, well, I don't know. Okay, well, how would you like it to go? If you could have it go any way you want. Mm-hmm. What you're really asking is, where's your integrity? What would you really prefer? Because it doesn't matter if she actually says it to that, but if she's thinking it and feeling it, that's what you're trying to get out of it. That's why the shutdown is so hurtful Mm -hmm. because I don't get to hear any of that. And I will make leaps and conclusions in my own head and create a whole story without her input. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a a way bigger conversation for our entire relationship is not hearing the way she's actually feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I struggle with that immensely. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's the thing I struggle with most because I, I am so open with her. Because I want to be, not by anything other than purely I want to. How you are, how you communicate, how you attach to people. Right. It's funny because I had the same conversation with a friend while we were in Vegas when I was like, I'll just go home. Yeah. And she was like, I'm her best friend and I don't really know her. And I was like, damn. Mm. Damn. Okay. And like me knowing who I am in that sense and having my counterpart be the complete opposite, I don't think it's the worst thing. It doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. Hearing a friend say that about her is in some way validating because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, right, I'm not crazy. Right. You, you see this too? Yeah. It's really hard to not be open with each other, not know where you stand. That's really hard for me. It's becoming difficult to be around you when I don't hear how something's affecting you because I really want to. Yeah. I really love it when you talk about you know what you're feeling or what you're thinking, even if it doesn't make sense, even if you don't like it. Mm-hmm. Because it lets me know what's going on inside your head and your heart. Right. And then I know. Mm-hmm. And I try to do the same. And this is where I want to be and how I want to relate with somebody. Right. I think it's a perfect opportunity right now because she is going to New York next week. Mm. And, and I guess I don't know how to say it, but my feeling is even this last weekend, you know, like we didn't talk that much. It's been a couple of days since I've really seen her. And like she called me once or twice. And like I, I care, but I don't care. Because I was like, oh, you're with your family. Like, I know you're safe. I know you're good. I'm not worried about what you're doing. But maybe invalidated, maybe lonely and kind of scared that it, it was more so like I need reaffirmation of her just sending me a, hey, thinking about you, calling me randomly, like that kind of thing. It doesn't have to be an all the time. 
you know, like she called me once one night where she was like, I just wanted to say goodnight. It was like 30, 30 second conversation. Yeah. I was like, yeah. all right, we're good. Like awesome. Totally. Perfect. Totally. I think my, my struggle with all of that is I don't know how to bring that up randomly of like a, Hey babe, by the way, I really liked when you just randomly called me that one time and, and have that. That sounds perfect. But have that have the weight of how much that actually means to me. Cause I, I think just in passing, Hey, I really like that. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, well, there's there's the part two to it is that part that you're talking. Yeah. One example you gave me that was like, when I wake up in the middle of the night, she used to get me water. Mm-hmm. And then she just stopped doing that, right? And we talked about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that was one of the first times we were talking to each other. Randomly, just say, hey, you know, I really loved when you called me and just said hello. And it was yeah. just 30 seconds. And that was really cool. Yeah. That's part one. That's great. Yeah. The part two part is, you know, it, it really does mean a lot to me. And then you can, you can sort of expand on how you're feeling or how you are, mm-hmm. however you want. Mm-hmm. You know that, yeah, I have a tough time with like feeling abandoned or getting anxious and it really puts me at ease and it just, it really like to my core felt good. It's not just that I like those little things, it's that it really reassured me and felt great. Yeah. And you know, if it only took 30 seconds for you to know that like that had a lasting impact yeah, because then like the the vice versa of that was uh, that same conversation. She like, "Cool, I'll call you in the morning," and I was like, "Cool." She said she's gonna call me. I'm not gonna text her. I'm not gonna call her because that's right where I refer to him. Oh, I got I gotta be the guy that reaches out, and like she ended up not. And so that it was like the opposite. I was like, "Why? Is, what's going on? Like, where is she?" And like we, I can see where she's at. And so I knew she was up. I knew she was out. And I was like, "Damn! Like, why didn't she just shoot me a quick?" Good morning text. Like where what happened from last night to this morning? Like what and right right there, we're yeah. down that ski trail. Yeah. We're gone. Yeah. Right? Gone. Yep. Yep. And if you had a decent therapist, you'd be able to look at <laughs> right. The abandonment issues and going back to yep. mom and all that stuff. We've hit this stuff a little bit before. Right. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna do it right now. But we we will. And we'll we'll walk through some of that because the I think you feel best. Mm-hmm. When you're strong enough that you don't need that, right. and if you get it, cool. Mm-hmm. That's a nice bonus. You feel the most vulnerable and even sometimes maybe weak mm-hmm. when I need that. And without that, oh, I feel empty. I feel insignificant. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't matter. I don't matter to her. I don't matter to anybody. I don't matter at all. Right. You know, that's the trail that we go down. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. Oof. And it's quick. It's quick. It picks up steam. That's why I said it's like skiing. Yeah. Because you're going downhill in the snow. You're just going. Yeah. Yeah. You're just going. And, and it's, man, our minds will make up these stories and make them make sense. Partly from, we've had some frame of reference for it. Partly mm-hmm. from, I feel some of it true right now. And it's such a place of uncertainty and insignificance to be and no control and all those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That we scramble to try to then find control, find stability, find connection, you know, and we will start to strengthen that for you. Yeah. That idea of, oh, if she goes away and I know she's doing this and she's with her family or she's over here, cool. And I'm over here. I'm doing this. I know I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think with that specific, she's doing her thing. I think over the course of the last couple of weeks, I've really been able to like step out and do what I wanted to do, which is really giving me more security in her going out to do what she wants to do. Cause then I'm not just sitting waiting. 
Yeah. You know, and I think that's where I really struggled and I didn't even see it. To where it's like, okay, you're going on vacation. Cool. I'm going to sit at home. I'm going to work out. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to go home. I'm going to work out. I'm going to go to sleep. And that was more of like a, a holding pattern mm-hmm. until she got back. Where I was like, okay, now we can go do stuff. Right. Whereas like... Right. My life is on hold until you're back because my life is you. Yeah. And, and like, that's so not fair to her that I would like now I'm seeing that. And right. it's like, cool. Like I got to go have fun. I'm going to, I'm going to lend you mm. two best relationship books ever written. You promise me you'll read them. Yeah. Yeah. And I promise you they're not dense. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's these right here. Uh, the missing piece and the missing piece needs to big up. Yeah. Shell Silverstein. It's funny. I was, uh, Hell yeah. I mean, they're phenomenal. But if you think about it in terms of relationships and yeah. read it that way, it's going to hit you differently. And they're two different perspectives on a similar thing. You'll see why I gave them to you yeah. to read. Yeah. And it'll hit you. I, I love this. I was looking. Uh, it's so funny that this is the one you pulled out because I was looking at these this week. Really? Yeah. Because it was like one of those things where... Um, it basically said, like, today's kids will never understand how good this guy really is. Because, I mean, we I grew up on this guy, you know, oh, like, yeah. in school. Sidewalk ends. Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Sure. It takes three minutes. Yeah, I love it. It's going to hit hard, and it's going to hit well, I think. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out what it means. You can just read it as, like, oh, it's just kids. But mm-hmm. because of what we just talked about, right. it's going to be on your mind in, in that way, that, that idea of, you know, what we strive for is interdependence. We yeah. talked about that a little bit before, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not codependence where I need the other person to complete, right? Right. Not independence where I don't need anybody. I can do it all myself. Mine from Jerry Maguire. Mm-hmm. You remember that movie at all? Mm-hmm. Way back? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know this line, I'm sure. You've heard that, like, you complete me. Yeah. Right? Of course, yeah. Right. That's from that movie. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, you complete me. You had me at hello. You complete me. Yeah. Like that okay. Speech okay. Thing, yeah. Right? And everybody thinks that's the most, like... Oh, you completely no, it's the most codependent piece <laughs> ever. You completely, I'm nothing without you. Don't leave me, please. Yeah. Yeah. That's codependence, right? Yeah. And that's not what we want. Because from that place, if you go to New York and I don't hear from you, I'm not okay. Right. So have that yeah. in mind when you read this. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I love it. And we're back back with you. (laughs) Hey. So that was short and sweet. And um, I initially, I had to rewind it in the beginning a few times because I was like, what just happened? I session started and now I'm hearing about a snowstorm with no electricity and that lasted (laughs) for three weeks and then playing chess with his dad. Like kept rewinding. I'm like, did I miss something before the three week snowstorm? No, you didn't. Just checking. He he came in and he was kind of talking about like, you know, the hi, how are you doing? Like, and I don't know what our weather was like, but he was like, yeah, you know, it used to snow where I was growing up, you know, and that's when he just started talking Got about it. that. But when something that came out right there was walking down memory lane with family yeah. and telling some family yeah. stories that was like, eh, yeah, yeah, can't have that in there. But oh. nice that he was just able, like he was in that mind state of just like reminiscing and thinking and you know, and this, remember this session happened well before quarantine. So thinking about like, mm-hmm. I, I liked hearing, having a nostalgic time at home, you know, not everybody on, a, well, there weren't devices back then, like smartphones, but being able to just play games and hang out and play chess, like, oh yeah, 
I think, I think kids love that stuff, right? Yeah. I remember, yeah, we got trapped in an avalanche too when we were little. Couldn't get out. Had to- Avalanche? Uh, yeah. In Mammoth, I think, or Tahoe. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. We had to like dig, dig through the front door and go get into like a rescue place. Whoa. I know. It's crazy. Oh, that's gnarly. But yeah. Especially for like an LA kid. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's yeah. fun, you know, you do fun stuff. Like Andrew was talking about playing chess with his dad. And once he started winning, then that was the end of their chess career. <laughs> Pretty telling. Love that. Right? Yeah. And it's those kind of things that you just kind of say as a throwaway. Like, yeah. And once I beat him, we never played again. And I kind of logged yeah. that as, oh, so somewhere you learned don't excel, don't do well. Because if you do, it's going to be over or someone's going to leave. Or he was the one that never wanted to play again because he wanted to just take the fact that he beat his dad once at least and walk away with it before it ever <laughs> happened again. That's true. Also a possibility. I, I don't blame that either. But he, so he was saying that um, his last day was next week and people were asking if he was going to go home, which I also right. felt confused about. It's interesting because now that it is like Corona time, I kind of was thinking, right. oh yeah, well, I guess, you know can't work. It's Corona. Why wouldn't you just go home? And then I'm like, what am I talking about? This has nothing to do with Corona. So I'm trying right. to picture, I mean, I know he's young, but like, I'm trying to picture somebody, let's say that I work with now that's around 25 and, oh yeah. So I'm going to leave, you know, I'm not going to be here at wherever doing therapy anymore. I don't know if my first reaction would be, are you going to go home? Yeah. I mean, it might be, oh, are you going to take a break? Are you going to like go travel? Are you going to go do something? You're going to go drive across the U.S. and try to name the different states that you pass through? <laughs> right? You know, sure. it's interesting. And we're just hearing it from him. Yeah. We're getting one side. Yeah. You know, to all these stories, we're getting one side. It also might be like people asking him if he's going to come home, right? Yeah. I was just like going to say because it's, it's his mom, right? His mom sort of giving him that that guilt trip uh -huh. of like, well, I haven't seen you. I'm really struggling now. Like, can you come home? And, and, and I really want to see you. And, you know, him just going, well, you know, maybe I'm not going to come home this time. Yeah. And I, he was saying it was interesting. He was saying that uh, he doesn't really want to and he feels like there's nothing for him there necessarily that there was the first time that he could say that out loud and be okay with it. And that even the quote unquote, like obligations, even the guilt tripping from his mom, he could take that and recognize it as something that's pushing him away from wanting to go home, which I right. thought was really insightful. Yeah, I love that. And there's, there's something that happens, I think, for most people, at least in our culture, where as you go through school, going away to college is a big deal. And it's for most people, the first time away from family. And it's really a process and a time in your life you know, in your late teens, very early 20s of figuring out who you are and how you are and, and your individuality, right? And this is sort of the process that he's going through kind of on the fly when he came out to LA. So it's, it might be an extension of that. And when you're off in college, sometimes it is like, oh yeah, when you get a break in the schedule or on summer break, you go home. Yeah. And then, you know, after a while, couple years in college, maybe you're like, yeah, I don't want to go home. My life is here. My friends are here. I want to be around this. I want to do my thing. So it, it's sort of a little of that. So when he says something about, 
you know, people asking me if I'm going to go home. I, that's also his filter. It might've been two people that asked him, right. his mom and his dad, right. <laughs> you know, everybody else is like, cool. You're going to go to Vegas. Right. You're going to, you're going to go to the mountains. Right. Like what's up. Right. And he was saying that he, that he actually feels like he needs to take a break. Right. Like a break, break. Yeah. He said something to the effect of like, yeah, I keep telling people I'm just going to take a break, but like, I actually need to take a break. Right. Like he, he wasn't telling his old work that he has a new job. Right. He was just telling him I need to take a break. And that's, you know, the line that I busted on him is, yeah, you're never given a vacation. You have to take a vacation. Exactly. And that's something that we forget about. It's like, right, I get two weeks a year, right? You know, like <laughs> it's up to you to take your time for yourself. Right. Generally, we're, we're not very good at that, or at least I'm not very good at that. And a lot of the people around me aren't very good at that, you know? Yep. And he also, well, when he was talking about that, he started talking about his old boss, which I'm glad I'm not your old boss because he doesn't sound fantastic. I believe <laughs> Drew referred to him as the worst person ever or something like that. Yep. But I think the, ma the main reason why is and that, that he said his trust issues amplified in a work environment, but that he was, he fucked him over in a, let me quote this. He fucked him over in a quote, small, big way. Drew, gotta right, love your wording. Right. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yep. And I think that happens a lot. And he's, again, some of the identifiers that came out is the, the thing that he's going to is working with another friend of his as a boss. And we were talking about the dynamic of having your friend as a boss, right? And he's just coming off of a very bad experience where, you know, this person was supposed to be his mentor and teach me things. And, you know, and it was great. He said, I did learn a lot, but, you know, he fucked me over and, you know, there's my trust issues. And it, it is really, he even said it, it's a, it's a 180, you know, and it really is like flipping things, you know, more power to him to kind of go, okay, well, I'm going to go this way now. But you said a few weeks ago, Meredith, that you hadn't heard him really talk bad about his work. A lot of it was the interpersonal relationship with his boss that he knew going into it. Got it. Right? Got it. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and the the interesting part was that he said, yeah, now we, my relationship is just like the one I have my, with my brother. I just don't talk to him. Right. I'm there. I right. see him at the office. Right. We just don't talk. I was like, that sounds right. horrible to have more than one of those relationships in your life. What the fuck? It's exhausting. It is exhausting. And we see that as, oh, there's a pattern here. It was interesting that he related it, like you said, to brother, like now I'm not talking to him. Like I'm not talking to brother. Like we're seeing these patterns in him of this is how he interacts. And this is where many weeks ago you picked up something. He said, everybody always leaves me. And he's repeated that a few times too. Right. And it's, it's this pattern. It's there's something unsaid and an issue and it doesn't get addressed. So it builds and builds. And then he just gets out of there and shuts down. Mm. That's not talking to. And that's, that's what we've talked about before. Yeah. Big thing that came up was, and he even phrased it that way. He's like two big things. Oh, right. So girlfriend's dad's coming into town, doesn't even know they're dating after a year. Right. Now that's fine. Like I've had relationships like that just because like, there's no need. My parents don't need to know, you know, whatever. Sure. And like a year, that's, that's pretty long. And just to then also not really get into the reasons why he doesn't know. And it seemed like it all got a little bit like brushed under the rug. Well, okay. 
Yeah, a little bit, but there's again stuff that got clipped out because of exactly what he was saying. So some detail I'll fill in. It really sounded like he was rationalizing because he was saying, I know part of the reason her dad doesn't know is because her dad hates where she works. You know, like absolutely hates and despises what she does. You know, oh. she he'd he'd be happier if she was with like an investment banker or something like that. Like he just well, sure he doesn't get Whose it. Whose parents so, wouldn't be <laughs> <laughs> to say that you're? <laughs> well, I use that because I said that in the session. I think, <laughs> or maybe he did. Like he'd be happier if she were da- dating some investment banker and not somebody in fashion like me. Yep. So he, that was a piece of it, okay. but it was still it wasn't the whole thing. And you know what what you're picking up is like well. Yeah, but not telling dad. And we talked about this, I think, last week. If you're together in that, like, I don't want to tell him because of this, this, and this. And so, you know, let's do that. And it brings you guys together as a unit. Then it can be okay, but it seems like it's not. And it seems like it's that issue, that elephant in the room they're not talking about, right? Same thing at work, same thing with friends, same thing with it just seems just, again, gave me that sort of shitty vibe. I did not like it. And then, I liked how he was talking about how she was back at home. And at one point she did call and, but that like, all he really needed was a little check-in and that was it. Like nothing, no big conversation. It didn't have to be anything other than like a, Hey, right. Just wanted to say, I love you or whatever. And that was enough. And I liked how, how you were then sort of got into the, I think we should do a insight out on this, on the codependent, interdependent, independent thing. Yeah. I mean, that, that's also the, the missing piece book that we talked about. And, you know, and Jerry we'll Maguire, that, that he had no idea what you were talking about. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> right. I know. I feel old. But he knew he knew the line. He knew the reference. He just doesn't know the movie. Yeah. Right. I mean, everybody knows that you complete me. I mean, that's the line. Right. You had me at hello. It's that same speech. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it's that, yeah, it, it is that, is that codependence? Uh, yeah. Can it be interdependence? It can, mm-hmm. you know? And I think for him, he was feeling this thing, you know, and, and really in this place of where's my validation? Like I'm getting invalidated and rejected by work, you know, because they don't know about the relationship. Dad doesn't know. Like I'm feeling... Right invalidated everywhere I go. And I'm a person that likes to be honest and has like values that as my integrity and my morals. And here we are deceiving people. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. That's, that's reaching that point and why we talked about, okay, how do you have these conversations? How do you bring up these things? So it's not just this huge invalidation that you're carrying because he's going to start making up stories in his head with a narrative of going, I'm, I'm not valid. I'm not worthy. I haven't done enough. If I did, maybe she would admit that she's going out with me or whatever it might be. Right. Right. No, a hundred percent. I think, I think about the notebook when I think about somebody who they're both like 80 years old and they've been together since they were 20 and they're so cute and happy. And they say, you complete me. I'm like, That's so sweet and adorable and not codependent. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like you make me a happier person. You make me better. But it's for some reason, it's different when you're in your twenties and you're like, you complete me. I can't live without you. Like, mm, but you, you can, you do. You definitely can. My sister used to talk about the hot fudge Sunday, and she was like, I want somebody to be my sprinkles, you know? And I love a hot fudge Sunday with sprinkles on it. 
but I don't want somebody to be my ice cream scoops. Aww. Right? I need to be my own ice cream. And I, of course, was like, all right, but where's the hot fudge? <laughs> and the cherry. <laughs> right. The cherry. I mean, that's that's sort of what it yeah. is. It's I want somebody to be the sprinkles and the cherry on top, not to be my whole substance. I don't want to rely on them for my self-worth. Nope. Yeah. Nope. And yep. So that that's why... I gave him the missing piece books. We did that in an insight out. And maybe, you know, if you guys haven't heard that one, go back and listen to it. But this was me actually giving him the books. And he was like, oh yeah, Shell. Yeah, of course. I know Shell Silverstein, you know, and, and it was great because he knew it and he loved it. Like, yeah. And with what's coming up now, you know, and, and we even talked about, I think it was as he was leaving. So you didn't hear it. Like, yeah, yeah. I want to read this with her. Like, yeah, go uh. for it. Like that, that might be, you know, when I said they were getting to a conflict point, it's like you get to this conflict point and then you get something like this and it really can shift things and allow right. you to have the conversation that you weren't having before. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that happening. Can't wait to hear that. And we'll have a, a longer episode next. So stick around and uh, tell us all of the wonderful things you think about us. Or the horrible things about us. Let's hear no, it all. No, I don't want to hear those. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're if you're on our Facebook, we do have a, a Facebook group where we have discussion threads about each episode. You can go in there. And when we do our live events, we're going to address some of that stuff on there too. So love to get more interactive with you guys. Love that you're listening. Come back, listen up, tell your friends, tell your enemies, <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell, tell strangers on the street, through your mask, put it on your, your mask. mask. <laughs> oh my god and we'll see you soon <gasps> okay bye bye